gentlemen, and welcome back to an Eagle Eye podcast. This is episode 16, and as you guys can see by the title, we will be recovering uh, from that wound that was not being able to beat uh, Monterrey. Of course, we'll be talking about the Linus show that was Saturday, and we'll be talking in preview of what is to come against Puebla. So, without further ado, as always, let me let me introduce my co-host, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are we today on a on a Monday? Yeah, a Monday, and you know, guys, just to get that out there, you know, after this week, we'll go back to Tuesdays for sure. I just needed my last thing I needed to get get done out of the way on a Tuesday. So, I mean, no, but everything's good. Everything's going good down here in the big state of Texas. Alrighty, alrighty. So, as you guys can hear, confirmation that we'll be back on Tuesday next week. But today's a very special episode, and not just because it's episode sixteen and we've made it so far, but. We have reached yet another accomplishment in the world of Twitter. We have, and give it a round of applause for every single one of you guys, we have reached 200 followers on Twitter. And that means, as all, as we did promise, we will be giving away a couple of things. And we will tell you that briefly, and we will let you know exactly how it is that you can enter in this. Um, but yeah, first of all, we want to say thank you huge huge thank you to every single one of you guys who have followed us whether you were our, you know one of our very first followers or whether you were uh one of you know the brand new followers it doesn't matter to us we thank all of you because without you guys this wouldn't really be a possibility of course you know just want to create a community we just want to create something for you guys and uh to see the response to see the the growth of this is it's been absolutely phenomenal so let's keep it going let's keep it growing and of course with that will come many many more giveaways so dylan anything you want to tell the public um just thanks guys like always you know uh big bigger and better things to come me and i have got a couple ideas that we're cooking up right now in the oven and you know we're gonna pull out those batch of cookies and you know we're gonna hope to bring it to y'all and y'all enjoy it and so just just stay tuned for more um like i said you know this is actually the first full season that we actually got through um for those who kind of been around whenever we started back in november it was the end of apuntura and here we are doing the whole classura so i mean it's great you know um, like you said none of this would be possible without y'all so thanks again thank you to every single one of you guys as well um uh, not the best baker i'll put that out there so don't do not trust me with your cookies you know, I'd just probably go to State Brothers and, and buy some. But uh yeah, I, we, we can't we can't say thank you enough to every single one of you guys and, and, and to everyone really that's helped us grow, that that's kinda you know has a bigger platform in, in this league community, this League IMX English community. Thank you so much for kind of giving us that boost, kind of giving us that support. Cause ultimately, you know, it it's it's helped us and at the end of the day. Thank you to every single one of you guys. But we will keep you guys waiting no longer. We're going to be talking everything that happened Saturday's uh, very, very embarrassing nil-nil draw at the Estadio against Monterrey. We'll be talking a little bit of transfer rumors if, if we can conjure up any. I see that some of you guys are asking Fernando Torres to America. Well, let's see if uh, let, let's see. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about whether or not we think that's a viable option. And then ultimately, we'll be looking ahead at Friday's matchup against Puebla. A very important one for us if we want to cement our our uh, our third place position, and then we'll give a little bit of a shout out as well to the women's team today who are in search of their first ever title. They're going away at Tigres. So, without further ado, Dylan, are you ready for this? Totally ready, man. <laughs> All right, let's jump in and let's talk what happened on Saturday. Of course, everyone that watched the game knows the frustration that me and you both are going to be talking about because it was a very, very frustrating match because, of course, we were one man up from, like, what, minute 30, I want to say. Um, it, it was just a mess that the fact that we weren't able to get, you know, even two, three clear chances of scoring, it, it it's ridiculous. But without further ado, let's talk about it. Dylan, ultimately, nil-nil, you were covering this live for, for everyone on Twitter. Ultimately, what, what what was the feel of, of, of the situation? I think around minute 20, minute 25, I think I fell asleep and then wake up to the to the final whistle at the end of the game. So <laughs> and you, you can kind of see it was a bit of a snooze fest, too. I mean, um, you know, there's not really literally a lot of clear-cut chances that we really had that I can really remember. I think it's the only one that I can truly, truly remember because I was so frustrated that um, it was Uribe who had that shot, that pass from the Olinas. 
And you think Uribe, you know, with the chance that he has, you know, he could put that um, on target in the back of the net. But, you know, obviously that, that goes wide, wide of the post, which, you know, it's not what you want to see. Um, just very frustration. I mean, it didn't seem like this team came together and played at all. It just seemed like this team um, didn't really have the energy, had the flow, the, the rhythm to go forward that much, really. And, you know, this was a great time to show it that uh, – that are a, a top team too against Monterrey. I mean, you see what we did against Tigres, you know, uh, are really the, the better side whenever we play Tigres, you know, we should have walked away with those three points, but we didn't. And, you know, there was a clear cut chance too. Possibly we could have walked away with three points here against Monterrey too, especially in the house and a man up, but we didn't. And so that's, that's what's, that's what's frustrating about it. I think everyone walking away from this is uh, ultimately angry at the team uh because there just seemed to be no will to go forward it, it just seemed that everyone was kind of a bit sluggish i mean the only brightest player that we had on the pitch was a 17 year old by the name of diego Linus, who was absolutely amazing very phenomenal very amazing and there's some people that will criticize that you know he was just being flashy but i think ultimately i think this player was being more than just a flashy player on the pitch i think he was there to disrupt the defense as he did so i mean he proved that he could do so and cost the red card you know yeah and i think also he was kind of the spark of the team he was kind of an engine going forward he he kind of just maneuvered himself very well and you know the more the more he got the ball fed the the more he kind of grew into the match and i and we'll, we'll go into this a little bit further because i think the fact that in the second half, you know, it, it he kind of just disappears, not because of him, but I think because of the team itself not providing for him. Uh, but strictly speaking, first half, I think the kid was amazing. I mean, you even saw him run back, win back balls. Um, you know, I'm not saying he had the best game of his life, uh, you know, by far. He, you know, I think he, he could still use some improvements here and there. But, you know, whenever he picked up the ball, he looked like he was the best player on the pitch for us. You know, he looked like he was the most dangerous player going forward because, quite frankly, he was. So, I mean, you know, that that was the only plus side to this. You know, everything else was a little bit of a bummer. I, I mean, formations wise, I thought we, we were we thought we were going into a kind of a five, three, two formation, but it, it just kind of seemed all over the place at times. Yeah, I mean, Linus drew six fouls, six fouls out of, out of the whole game, six fouls. And so. You know, it shows that he's going out and, like, doing stuff. And Monterey didn't really have an answer for him in the first half. Um, 14 out of 24 uh, duels won. Four out of five dribbles attempted. And he, he completed four of them. And so, you know, it's something that you didn't really see from a lot of players either. Um, you know, not necessarily nothing against Linus. You know, I, li- I love Linus. You know, Linus is doing Linus things. But, you know, it it's kind of sucks to see that you're having to see this creativity and all this from a 17-year-old person you know when you see the talent that we have and yeah i know he's in because of injuries too um he hasn't got the playing time like everybody wanted but but still at the end of the day you know whenever you have in mateus Uribe, you know you're gonna have Barata, uh, and then you have something i mean at the end of the day you know you're gonna want to see that in them not from a 17 year old kid no, yeah, yeah, I, I agree that that has to be the most, you know, kind of worrisome part that, you know, a kid with, you know, only really a season under his belt can outperform some of these players that have years of playing in different teams in different leagues and in different situations. So that's the most, you know, frustrating part that, you know, it, it has to take the 17-year-old to kind of push the team forward when, you know, really he should be learning from everyone else instead of, you know, dragging them along. Yeah, and... Oh, what are you going to do, man? I mean, like we've talked about it too in the last podcast, you know, it's just seemed like it's it's the opportunity all over again. And it's not what you want to see from from the team too as well whenever you see the team knowing what they can do and what they have been doing too as well. And it just sucks to see that. And, you know, I like, like we said, you know, Diego Linus, not really the best player on the pitch, you know, not having the best game. You know, I think it constitutes to be in the whole team. You know, I don't think we're playing as the team that we came and just playing as the team, you know, like like as 11 players on the pitch. It didn't really seem like we had 11 players on the pitch at times. No, yeah, 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 I, I, I agree with you. And I, I want to bring up a point that uh, I'm seeing here in the comments saying that, you know, it, it feels like the midfielders are not connecting with each other. When we were kind of solidifying the whole guido Mateo Suriba partnership, I, I feel like, you know, maybe 
it's 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 dampered down a little bit. I don't know exactly what what's what what do you think is going on because I feel like that midfield used to be the spine of our team, kind of you know drove the team forward and, and kind of solidified everything. But now it seems that you know it's kind of uh, it's kind of up in the air whether or not that these guys are are you know connecting. I mean, what what can you really say though? I mean, it, you can you can probably play play it on a, a couple of things, you know, um, you know whether the, these teams are kind of like bonding in a way. Do these teammates really know each other, or have they grown apart from each other? Have they been doing these things in the training ground whenever they go to training, or could you say too that you know the CCL has, has really affected uh, the way the team performs in the midfield too? Is that? And so there's a lot of things that you can say too as well to that. But you know, as of right now, it's kind of up in the air too, but as I've seen it too, I mean, this midfield is not the midfield that we've seen at the beginning of the of the season. No, it's not. It's it's it, it's not at all. You know, um, I feel like you know we can track this back a little bit more in in the sense that I feel like if if, if you kind of look at how Pio Correra has managed this team, I feel the fact that he's moved a couple pieces a little bit too much more to maybe some of us to some of our likings. That maybe that's disrupted the play as well. You you think that's fair enough to say? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And you know, sh- should Bioho really do that? I mean, that's that's on him too. I mean, this is the guy that's in charge. But you know, at the end of the day, we see the midfield we have. It's just what's what's Bioho saying to them? What's Bioho doing different too? Whether it be in the training ground or what to 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 make it go away. Now, and I know a lot of people are going to be saying, well, look at the fact that, you know, we're, we got three major players out because of injury, you know, Menace and Cecilio and, and Henry, and and that's fine. You know, we, we were expecting, we were expecting, uh, you know, injuries. That's why we got this kind of roster. That's why we said we feel happy with the fact that we have this depth, you know, that we were we were happy that, you know, the team looked like a full team. And in those situations, in those situations, in those scenarios, you know, you would have imagined that this would have been the best option, and we would have still been good enough to be a tan man Monterrey side at home, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and and like you said, you, you see what Matias Uribe can do, you see what Renato Ibarra can do, but does it get consistent whenever you're going forward? It, it really seems like it. It really seems like teams are figuring out quickly. And so that's something that's got to be fixed too, as well as because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. You can't just go be going through the same player over and over. You know, like Renato Ibarra, you know, Renato Ibarra gets the ball. You know, he doesn't necessarily always cut inside, but when he goes outside, it's always a cross in, and you can't just be giving the crosses in every time. Yeah, yeah, and and I want to bring up another point that our good friend uh, topic here is, is is bringing up in the group chat. Um, you know, he's saying that he's noticed that during during some of the plays, some of the attacking plays, that there's a lack of movement of strikers, which means that there's a lack of creativity in, in opening space and opening the channels for for you know set wingers to kind of run into or midfielders to kind of fill in those in those spots. And and I'm I'm glad he brings this up because it's something I really wanted to talk about is we don't really have that strike force that kind of will open space, you know, kind of the way like Arrow Jimenez used to do. Or, you know, kind of, you know, what, what an Oriol Peralta, you know, two or three years ago would do. You know, now it seems that we're, we're, we're very, um, we're, we're, we're very just kind of there. You know, there's, there's no real move, movement from our strike force. Because let's be honest, even though we, we were kind of told a lie that we were playing with two strikers, honestly, I felt like sometimes we didn't even have a striker. Because Oriol Peralta was dropping so deep to receive a ball to just kind of shield off and Ibarwen was kind of not there kind of fill in that running gap and it, it just seemed very messy from us and it seems like we've been very messy going forward yeah and, and it comes back to like we always keep saying you know our our um, mindset and our intelligence in the final third doesn't really seem to be right where it needs to be too as well if anything it's either stayed the same or it's digressed a little bit too as well and, and like i said you know you're not really seeing that striker like you said you know um Oribe obviously coming back as times, you know, and, and sometimes in the game too, it looked like Oribe was playing uh, as a Kamini body win was the striker at times of what it seems like to me, because that's how far Oribe drops back too. And that's just something that's going to be addressed too as well. I mean, you know, we, uh, you obviously see Oribe in the decline too. Henny Martin, Henny Martin, you know, obviously out for three weeks, you know, but he, you've seen him 
declined too, and there were some rumors that you know he's asked to leave the club too, and you're not left with no, nobody up top anymore too. If if all these things are true, I, I agree with you. Two things here. Now, our, our good friend Garrett here says that you, you know there's just not a lot of chemistry right now in his opinion, and I think in everyone's opinion they would they would agree that right now this side is not a side that looks like it has a very much chemistry. Um, you know, there's there's I think like he's mentioned and we've mentioned a lot of times. You know, there's there's no finishing up front. Whenever we get these slight opportunities for example the Matias Uribe one should have buried it you know at, at the first asking didn't do so you know you kind of have to wonder you know we, we have these chances we're not taking them and now it's starting to look like we're having less and less of them you know so now it's 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 really time to kind of reflect in, in in and see whether or not that these players are capable of doing what they're asked for you know and then of course uh also another good friend of ours Christian uh, you know, Menace will bring creativity, and I think he will bring creativity. I think he will kind of, you know, bring that kind of passing that that you know maybe an, an, an extra rhythm, something different from this side to this side. Um, but we can't just rely on Menace coming back and kind of flipping the whole team perspective. It, it just doesn't seem like it's gonna work that way. You know, it it just seems like you know we're relying too much on on the usual play. You know, and then the usual play is, you know, when Renate is on the pitch, play to him, let him try to take one or two players on and kind of cross it into the box. You know, that's that's not really that's not really viable at this option. You know, that I, I've mentioned this time and time again, especially to you and, and, and off off air as well. We don't have a target striker. We don't have a true number nine on in, inside the box. We don't. I mean, there's no one that can go in there and do the role of a Raul Jimenez. Or, you know, because there is no kind of player right there, you know? And and it kind of sucks. Now you would have wished that Benfica would have loaned him for at least this this season because, tr- trust me, if, if he was on the pitch and we were playing that whole Renato Ibarra cross it into the box, I, I promise you we would have had plenty of goals by then. Uh, let, let me go ahead and read you some of the stats from from the game two. Okay. Um, I'm getting this off from SofaScore. So we let in possession the whole game, uh, 60 to 40. We had a total of 17 shots, but only three of those shots were on target with 82% pass accuracy. And so whenever you, whenever I see this too, I mean, there's no shots. I mean, we went we went from having we went from having all these chances against Toronto to not finishing, and then to where you know we see the lack of creativity, we see the lack of chances we're, we're creating really to to them being on target, and, and they're down. There's only two clear cut opportunities like that that I have in in my head. There's actually four, but two of them were offside, and Oriol Peralta still missed them. Um, one was the one from Mateus Uribe. Who, 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 uh, you know, from the line is passed. And then the second one is in the 91st minute where, uh, Eduardo Diaz kind of heads the ball, but, uh, uh, Ugo Gonzalez does, does well enough to kind of get their save and then kind of parry off to the side and we get a corner off of that. But that's pretty much all I have. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much there. I mean, at the end of the day, too, it was a pretty much of a snooze fest. So, I mean, the chance. I mean, the chances weren't really there. The snooze fest. How much credit um, can we give Monterrey? I mean, because I mean, the, um, there's yeah, there will I mean, be people that will say, well, it's because Monterrey handled the game well. You know, they sat back, they defended well. They, you know, Mohamed kind of out tactic Piojo this and that. Um, but I, I don't look at it that way. I think that you know Monterrey weren't even playing that good. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't think so either. I mean, I mean, they just they just completed seventy three percent of their passes too. Yeah. So um, I mean, yeah. I mean, really, can you, you can only remember like one counter attack that they really had was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was I mean, pretty much it. Yeah, and 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 Monterrey, you would expect too, if Monterrey were to sit back and and park the bus like we've seen other teams come in that sick and do, you you would think they would they would kill us on the on counter attacks, but they didn't even do that. No, no, that's why I kind of think, again, the only real people we can kind of, you know, blame is ourselves. Again, we've let ourselves down in a situation where, again, time and time again, we could have had the three points, but because of our, I guess if you want to call it ignorance to not really, you know, put the ball into the back of the net, we, we were, we're kind of left with these options. 
So you yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I, I was just kind of gonna close out my thought with you know, which is we 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 can't we can't keep going like this because it's it, it's just ghost of 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 the apertura past. You know, we're we're struggling to score, and then we're gonna go another game without scoring, and another game, and then it's gonna be booms the apertura all over again where we get knocked out because you know we weren't able to score and we, we let in a lot in the back. Yeah, and, and it's just it's just a really bad time. So close to the get too, and like you said, it, up until this past, I mean, it's the same thing going to repeat itself, and it's a really really bad time at the moment for us to be doing that, and then uh, for us to get played with injuries too as well. I mean, it's not something that you you really expect. Yeah, yeah, consistency is the word of the day, and that is something we have lacked in these past two tournaments. A, a consistent run of play, a consistent uh, just just as a whole unit. There's not been much consistency. You know, you start off the season good, middle of the season you're doing well, and then you're trying to close it out, but you kind of just kind of end up going into a slump, and you, you can't do that. You can't burn out in the most crucial moment. And I think that's something that we're going to have to look forward into the next tournament. You know, luckily we'll have kind of this World Cup to kind of, you know, help us in, in that sense. But ultimately, we need to do better. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, man. I mean, um, CCL's out the way. I mean, so, I mean, the only thing you got to focus on now is just going and getting that, going and getting the next title, man. I mean, that's all that matters from here on out. Yeah, and I just kind of want to, you know, quickly just wrap this Monterrey talk uh, with this. Uh, let's talk second half briefly because I I want to bring up a point that, that was mentioned in the group chat uh, a little bit right now, and that was the fact that it looks like we're relying so much on that play that I was telling you about. Renato Ibarra, speed, takes one, two players, crosses the box. You know that we are so heavily kind of reliant on this because as soon as Renato Ibarra comes into the pitch in the second half, that is the end of Linus's day. He does not receive a ball at all. He just looks to be just isolated on that left-hand side of the field. And Monterrey kind of noticed this, and they don't even bother to mark him anymore. Linus is in acres of space, and there's maybe two, three opportunities where America has the ball. All they need to do, all they need to do is play a simple switch across the pitch and Linus is in all free territory. And because of that, because we don't utilize that, it's 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 just kind of like, now we're playing with 10 men. Because if you're not utilizing this player, you're not bringing him into the game. And mind you, he was the best player on that pitch. For you to isolate him like that, I mean... I have a feeling that maybe this is the team itself, or maybe Piojo's instructions like once Ibarra's on the pitch, make sure you give them the ball. Always Ibarra, always Ibarra, always Ibarra. That that doesn't seem to be the right choice. No, I mean not at all. I mean it's it's figured out really, man. I mean the times we've seen Ibarra do Ibarra things, I mean it's just yeah, no, I mean it's it's not. It's just it's just you know, like you said, you know, um, like if Piojo was like once he bought us on the pitch, you know, give it to him, give it to him, and let him do his thing. I mean, it's just, it's just there's that lack of creativity, and it's just lacking from him too. If that's the case, because they're not seeing it come from other players, you're not seeing seeing him tell him tell players what to do, what to do differently, or anything. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the tactics come down to Piojo too. What Piojo can do to get us back into the game, but to get us ahead in the game, you know, depending on what the situation is at the time. And so, you know, it's it's up to him too to switch, uh, whether it be formation, whether it be make changes, to get that creativity going, which we, we, see to, we see him fail to do too as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, although you can't really criticize Piojo this game because I think he did, he, you know, he tried to bring on as much attacking force as he could. It just, it just worked out that the fact that we just weren't creative enough to make these chances and the fact that we weren't creative in the second half was because our most creative player was left isolated. And because of I, that, guess what? Now we're left with this with a problem, you know? It was as simple as just switching the ball to Linus, and I promise you we've had one or two other options to have scored a goal. And No, I'm... I mean, now uh, we talked in the last in the last uh, podcast when we previewed the Monterey game. You know, obviously we know the bench 
which was thin. But one thing I can I noticed too is that Piojo didn't use the third sub. You think the third sub could have made a difference? I mean, was there somebody that you would have wanted brought on and bring on any any chance that could make a difference? Well, who could have you brought in? To be honest, no. I mean, yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying too. But I'm just saying, like you know, you never know. I mean, the third sub was never used. I mean, because I, I, I look at that bench, and there's no one player that I'm like, yeah, he can go out there and score a goal. I mean, at the most, you can say maybe Joe Corona, but, I mean, you know, he his game hasn't always been the the attack. His game has been more about, you know, kind of holding the midfield. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, that's just something that um I wanted to point out. Is the third sub wasn't used. Um, I've kind of preached to him, you know, uh, not to not to Piojo personally, but you know, just saying like uh, Piojo doesn't make the subs at the right time. Sometimes, you know, he makes subs late. You know, just the fact that he doesn't use the third one. I mean, yeah, the bench is thin. You, you don't really look at it and say one person can come out and make a difference. But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, what what do you got to lose to? No, that, I get that, and it, it's interesting to hear him talk about after the game in his press conference to say that you know he's like, "What do you mean there's a downfall in our game?" He's like, "We were clearly the better side on the pitch; the ball just wasn't going in." Uh, but I mean, that's kind of be that's got to be the most worrisome part. It's now been a couple games now that the ball's not going in. You know, this is not yeah. just something that just randomly happened in 90 minutes. It's something that's been happening for a while now. If you have not yet to address this, and if you yourself have not yet to be able to see this issue, then this is going to grow into an even bigger problem come the late, come, you know, even later stages of the season when we're talking Ligia wise. So now it's like, well, what are you going to do to fix this? And really, what is he going to be doing? Because, I mean, we're left with very little options. You know, we'll talk about them when we when we preview this Puebla game. But you know, it's it's going forward. It, it doesn't look very good for us. Yeah, look, looking back right now, I'm looking back. We haven't scored more than one goal since we played Taru in in Panama. Yeah, and that's whenever we scored three goals. I mean, after that, it was one goal, one one goal. And that, that's not that's not even counting the Tijuana friendly they played in San Diego. After that, that's just one yeah. goal. Oh, oh no, 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 no! I, I lied. It's the Cruz Azul game. The Cruz Azul game. We had two goals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, still, e- even that, it, it's worrisome because it looks like we're going in the drought again. Mm-hmm. Again, it's repeat. Again, there's no consistency. I mean, just you know what's what's going on. I, some people will argue that some of these players are just fatigued, that they need their rest, that you know some of these players are tired. They, you know, they can only run for so long. And and granted, you know, some of these are older. For example, Rio Peralta, you could imagine maybe he's kind of feeling it a little bit more than, you know, in his younger years. But still, it's, it's you know what you're getting yourself into. You knew what the what, what the calendar was going to look like. And you you kind of had it in your head that you were kind of going to be up for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you, man. So, I mean, just tell me, what do you think uh, options going forward should, should we do? I mean... End of the day, too, man. You got to think, you know, Menes probably be ready too. So, I mean, uh, uh, do I think Menes is going to start? I mean, we'll probably get into that too a little more. But at the end of the day, I don't think Menes is really going to be starting against Puebla. I think he'll come off the bench more or less. But still, I mean, you're still dealing with injuries. You're still dealing with, you know, um, just the lack of the creativity still that we send. So, I mean, really, I mean, not really anybody to turn to because nobody really seems to be stepping up to be that play that player on the pitch. And that's the that's that's the most worrisome part a, because there's yeah, only that, one player out on that pitch that's kind of doing it. Yeah, and it's really not the person that you would expect or 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 want to. You know, no disrespect to that person, but still. No, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, and and there, there's gonna be plenty of more talk about this going forward, especially after the Pueblo match, regardless of what the score is, regardless of what. You know whether or not we get Menes back because um, ultimately we, we still have a Ligia, and if we really want to be title contenders, we can't be looking like this and we can't be playing this poorly. No, I mean something's got to give eventually, man. I mean they either want it or they don't, and I sure as hell want it. And you want it. Everybody that is listening to this wants it. I mean, just again it comes down to Piojo with his tactics and if the players execute that. 
Now I'm curious to ask you this because I feel like this is a question that um, that that maybe is a bit too early to ask. But I know sh- many of us will maybe start panicking and start worrying and maybe think that we can't be title contenders and this and that. If it was up to you, and the season's over and we don't get a title, or whatever and whatever the case may be, what is your what do you think? What what is your idea? What is your solution to this? How do we fix this America's side? We sell the whole club and rebuild. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I'm curious. No, definitely, definitely. No, no. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just messing around. But, um, man, you know, you, you got to figure out what, what's going to happen with Toriba. I mean, even though the guy has signed a, um, a two year extension at the end, at the end of the day, man, like, you got to figure out what this guy's going to do. If you know, if you get to keep performing the way he is, obviously, you know, we're going to bring in a new striker. We're going to bring in a new striker. That's, that's the, that's the first thing we're going to have to do, man. And yeah, bring a new striker. Yeah, yeah, I know. And a left back, definitely. The, like main priority, like they they're equal in priority. Yeah, they're both equal in priority, man. But you know, at the same time, you you gotta you gotta watch to see which player which players leave if some players do leave, because if if say say like uh, Bruno Valdez was gonna leave, I mean, yeah, you got Edson, but you know, you can probably say you got Carlos Vargas too, but you know. At the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want to bring in another left uh, center back too as well. So I mean, it's it's just gonna um, to me. It depends on if certain players are gonna want to leave, if you know, players to bring in too, such as a left back to striker. I mean, that's all it's gonna come down to as well. Not only ask this question just to ask it because I I feel like it's still it's too early to ask this question. A lot of people would jump into this and be like, "We need this. We need this. We need this." Like. I get that. We don't have that right now. We kind of have to focus on what we have and kind of look forward and, and build upon that. But it's just a question to to see kind of where your mindset is at because I feel like a lot of people will agree with you at this point. You know, I see right here in the comments that, you know, uh, you know, people are, are asking that we need kind of, you know, a playmaker as well. You know, someone that can, that, that, that kind of makes it, because a lot of us thought maybe Mateo Soriba could be that, but he isn't a quote unquote playmaker. And neither is Guido, let's be honest. You know, he's he's more of that central defensive mid that, I will, you know, he'll kind of, you know, cover the midfield, kind of be the one that kind of runs it and holds it down. But ultimately, he's not the one that's kind of, you know, putting in those kind of killer balls and all that stuff. So we do need a playmaker in that sense, you know, and, and then a playmaker that could take a free kick. Let's, let's just put it that simple, too. Yeah. You know, and, and there's there's plenty of stuff that we can that that we can do to rebuild this team, and and hopefully, they uh you know the the board and 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 the team people, the officials that kind of you know are in charge of this, seeing this, and Piojo can see this as well, and and, and you know the, they always tell us that you know that we're always working on it, but this this and that, and you know they 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 kind of have to stop giving us excuses and start giving us you know results, mm-hmm. you know whether that be in the transfer market or in and in the pitch as well, so I mean. I, I, I'm looking at this this side, and I'm thinking there's an opportunity for us to do something here. We just kind of have to strap in and kind of ride the wave. And ultimately, that means giving this Linus kid the opportunity to be free and run around and do what he needs to do. He'll create chances. And I promise you, he's also going to look, you know, very rookie-ish as well. He's going to give up some balls. He's going to look, you know, a bit foolish at times, but... Ultimately, he's going to be able to create something as well because he kind of brings an extra spark to a playing style. You know, I, I, I see that, uh, you know, they they mentioned that we need a structure. And, and I, lo- I love that word structure because I feel like there's there's nothing more important in a team than structure itself. You know, he goes on to mention that there's more, you know, more of a unique play style rather than just relying on the wings, which is something that I've mentioned to a- anyone who's talked to me about America, that we do this so much when we can. We, we look so predictable at this t- at this point in the season. All they need to do is just, you know, kind of man mark Ibarra. I- I- uh, Ibarra. And then they yeah. kind of close us down, you know. I think, I, I think, our identity cannot be that, you know. I I, I like the word structure because it, it it means that the team has more than just one option, you know. The team is fluid and the team can be creative and can think on their feet. That's the most important part. I want my team to be able to create an opportunity even when the number one tactic is being blocked out. I want them to be able to pull a rabbit out of their hat when the situation is called for, 
you know? And that rabbit out of the hat can be Linus. Linus can be that player. He can do something completely different. When people go and try to mark him, he is so unpredictable to these players that there is no that they're, they're kind of just, you know, relying on their kind of natural instinct. But even then, Linus is so good at reading the body movement of his defenders that he just takes them on with an ease. And then you can look back at that clip as I've done plenty and plenty of times over when he takes those three Monterey players on. You can see the way he kind of moves and kind of just sways away from 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 the opposing uh, from the opposing players. You know, he knows which way their bodies are moving already. He's so quick to maneuver himself that he can just, in an instant, switch and kind of break their hip in that sense. So he he can do so much for us. And I think going forward, hey, you know, give the kid, give the kid, give the kid, you know, the wheels. At this point, you know, best case scenario is he leads you to the title. Worst case scenario. As he crashes the Bentley and, you know, you got insurance for that at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can agree to that, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, you know, it's, it's a little early too, but, you know, definitely the striker and the left back is the main things I would focus on when it comes time, you know, other things we, you know, we can address whenever those things happen too as well. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. So, We'll kind of just wrap it up with, with the Monterrey game, 0-0, zero, zero, uh, frustrating just all around, all around. The fact that we can't even create a really good opportunities against a 10-man Monterrey side, well, I guess it just kind of sums everything up, doesn't it? I think so. I mean, it, you look at the stats, too, and it sums it up, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, the stats don't don't, don't tell the, the true story of the game, but... For this game, I think it, it speaks perfectly of what happened. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. So, ultimately, that is the Monterrey review. Just not good enough. Just not good enough. America leads. Uh, America leaves the Stadistica with a you know, result that, um, for- fortunately for us, Tigres and Cruz Azul drew, so that means we're still in third place, but we can only hope to keep that if we get a result on Friday. And by a result, this time I actually mean a win. So it should be interesting to see how the team copes with the pressure because, of course, being in a third-place position, that puts you in a pretty good spot. You know, you never really know what might happen with first and second, and you can't always be so sure with fifth or sixth. So I think we're we're at a pretty good position right now. Yeah, no sixth, though. Top five, dude. It's got to be top five. Yep, top five. I would love to stay in that third place position. I think that's yeah. actually the perfect place to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, too. I would love to stay at third place, but uh, I say top five because that's what uh, I expected at the beginning of the season. I expected a Conquer Champions and a league title, but at this point, I'm starting to look like I'm not going to get any of those two. But we can't give up hope. We can't give up faith. We can't just be so ready to throw in the towel because, of course, we are America. We are the best team in Mexican soccer. So even when our backs are against the walls, this is the moment to prove that we do not go down without a fight. And that's all I want to see. I want to see a fight. You know, I'm not saying it's going to salvage our season by no means necessary. And even winning the league title doesn't, you know, kind of erase the embarrassment that was the, the Toronto defeat in CCL. But ultimately, I want to see this team perform. I want to see this team get better. And it starts by this Friday. And before we get into that preview, again, I want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. If you haven't done so already, make sure you do. And now is even more of an opportunity for you to go and follow us because uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway. So if you don't even have a Twitter, this could be more of enough an incentive for you to go and get one because then you guys will be able to enter in our raffle. And Mr. Dylan, what is it that we're going to be raffling away? Can you tell the public? We are going to be doing what I am going to finish up on Photoshop is we're going to throw um, our logo on a phone case and it's going to be designed for your phone. And so we're going to have that if you want uh, later, whenever I finish it up, I will actually post what, what it could possibly look like. Um, I'm going to do it kind of on a on an iPhone looking one. But, it, you know, if you have a different type of phone, doesn't have to be an iPhone. We'll go. We'll get that for you. And so I'll, I'll put that out later on the, on the Twitter page. And so I'll be looking out for that. Yep. And we will also be giving away another scarf. That's right. We'll be giving another scarf away for you guys. Winter is coming, even though we just left it. You know, you can you, you can always use a scarf, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely take a scarf too, if it was me. I go in at like six in the morning, so it's still cold. So I mean, I, I'm, I, I could always rock a scarf. So, just saying. Oh, no, not here, man. It's already like seventy degrees in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, well, over there again, over here too sometimes. But we will be giving away a phone case and a scarf to one lucky follower, and that follower just might be you. So if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, I urge you to pull over and to go follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. Again, that is at Eagle iPod. And then, of course, if you do follow us, you also get the great content that we post on there. We we know we talk everything Club America. We, we you know we're we're always you know keeping you guys up to date with news, injury reports, game stats, everything, live tweets, all of it, and more for your convenience. So, as always, do not forget to follow us. And if you guys ever miss a live show for whatever reason, make sure you guys do follow us on SoundCloud and ask us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Because again, if you miss a live show at any time, you can always take us on the go, and then you don't even miss out. So you'll be up to date with everything. So is that everything we had to say? That's everything. That is everything. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter. Uh, kind of excited. We're going to be, what, giving a, about a week, a week and a half for people to, you know, follow us and, and get ready. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then uh, and then make sure you guys do kind of keep you guys yourselves for uh, any more announcements in the giveaway. So, you know, one of you guys, lucky, lucky listeners will be able to walk away with a phone case and a scarf completely yours for free. And with that said, just another big thank you to every single one of you guys who have supported us. Because without you guys, this community, this family wouldn't be what it is today. And all I can see is this thing growing into something even bigger. So thank you to every single one of you guys. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. So now, with that out of the way, let's talk Puebla. Because for those of you who have nothing to do Friday, well... Now you do. America's playing Puebla in the Estadio Cuauhtémoc at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. That is 9 p.m. Central time, 10 p.m. Eastern time for our friends over there in the East Coast. Am I correct, Dylan? Um. Yes. Yeah, 7 for me. And so 8 for East Coast, yes. Wait, wait. It's 7 for you? Yeah, it's 7, seven for me. 5 for me. Yeah, it's 5 for you, 7 for me, 8 for people in the, in the East Coast. Oh, wow. Well, then excuse me, because apparently I do not know how to check my phone. It is 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central time and uh, and uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, like you mentioned. So uh, pretty early game. So that means that, you know, you can go home after you get out work, watch the America game. And after the America game is done, you can go out and you can go clubbing. So, you know, you get the best of both worlds, you know, courtesy of Club America. So, obviously, we're going to be facing off against our former goalkeeper and hero, Mr. Moises Munoz. Um, Who's also going to be a commentator for the World Cup, Fox announced. Yeah, that's actually huge. Me and Dylan have always talked about that. One of our, uh, you know, kind of big name hosts for, like, players. We've always wanted to get Moises Munoz. So, um, well, who knows? Maybe now he's going to be here in L.A. I don't, wait, is he going to be here in L.A.? I would imagine. I would think so, too. Okay. It's a really good question. Yeah. We'll find out something sooner or later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Either way. So uh we're going up against Puebla against former um America uh goalkeeper Moises Munoz. Against a very good Puebla, I want to say, you know, not the best Puebla in 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 history, but obviously a, a very dangerous one and and especially at home. Yeah, I mean, you see what they be Tigres in the, in the opening of the, uh, the Clausura. So, I mean, you know, they got some tricks up their sleeve. They do, and, and they don't look like the side that would. But, I mean, it's phenomenal, the, 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 what they've been able to accomplish. Um, obviously, are they still on the run for, for Ligia? Yeah, I think they're about, like, four points out, maybe. Four so points out. Go, uh, so, it's like, a, a win. Uh, they definitely need a win Friday to really still be in the running. So, I mean, they're fighting for something. There. I mean. Pretty, it's pretty close for them. It's pretty close I mean, for me, them, which means let me, let me that, double check. that uh, look, everything's on the line at this point. There's only two games left of the season. That means that regardless of what happens, you need to go out there and play your best football. You know, there's no need 
for you to be like, well, yeah, there's a game that we kind of, you know, could have, you know, drew. No, we got to go out there and we got to win. You know, I, I see a couple of people saying that maybe we should rest some of our key players field in a week or say, no, we can't do so. Not at a very, very, you know, kind of detrimental stage in the season where you know that these last two six points are so crucial, so crucial. It's, it's unbelievable how crucial this game is. And, you know, you, you need to go out there and got to win. Yeah, not, I mean, not just for America, but for Puebla, too. I mean, uh, I'm looking at it now. Um, they're 13th or 17 points, and they're four points away f- from the eighth spot. You know, so, you know, mathematically, you know, they're not really out still. I mean, this game, this game's a lot to them, too, whether they're going to make the league or not. They're still going at it. They're still going at it. They, they're going to fight till the end, you mm-hmm. know? And and we should be worried because this is a team that's going to be going. I, I, I see that, the, that they've mentioned that Puebla has received 10 goals in the last two games. So that should be um that that should be a good sign for us. But whenever we come up against oppositions that are look so easy to score on, they uh they they're usually a little bit tougher to score on when we play against them. Which is really weird and probably something that has to do with me because I have a feeling that teams I support somehow be doing good and they go south whenever I start supporting them. So uh, <laughs> there's another conspiracy theory. Here's another one for you. Um, damn, I just blanked out. Never mind. I'll, I'll come back to it whenever I remember it. But um, we're going up against Puebla. Yes, uh, you know, uh, you look at the track record and it looks pretty bad. And it looks like America's the most favorable side here. But look, at this point of the stage, they're going with everything. They can't. They can't risk, you know, kind of conceding six goals again at home the way they did against Pachuca. So they're they're coming at this with everything they got and and Dylan you you mentioned a great stat before we went online um tell me tell tell me exactly our last five games against Puebla uh, the last five games against Puebla we've won none we've drew four and we lost one against Puebla ladies and gentlemen against uh, Puebla yeah and we this has not been a Puebla that you know has made the league year in and year out you know so what's going on. There's no telling what's going on, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, this, I mean, at this point, this matching away the way. I mean, history is not us, not doesn't really seem to be on our side at this point. Um, but I mean, you know, like you said, you know, it, it seems like the teams that we should go out and really score and get the three points, you know, it doesn't happen. You know, Pueblo's on, I think, like a four game losing streak, five game losing streak. Yeah. You know, but in the, in, but in, but in the end, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't because guess what? Everyone plays their best against America. Because everyone wants to beat America. And apparently we just can't seem to cope with that. No, I mean, yeah, we've seen it in the last five, like I just mentioned. So um, oh, I, don't, I don't know what the deal is, man. Well, hopefully we can go out there and field a good game. I have I have a pretty good feeling about this. You know, it's a Friday game. Anything's possible. I think uh, hopefully Moises Munoz will do us another favor and uh, make another mistake on purpose or not on purpose, whatever you want to call it. Um, but ultimately, I, I just want to see us go out there, score a couple goals, and that's it. I don't even want us to play that pretty. I don't even want us to be fielding some Joga Bonito out there. No, I just – all I want is to put the ball in the back of the net two, three times, and that's it. Let's wrap it up. Call it a day. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, the ugly wins, uh, you're taking it. I mean, I, I take the ugly win right now, to be honest, and so – I mean, if we go out and we get dominated in possession and, you know, we don't really dig the tempo, but we walk out with the with a W, I'll take it, man. I really will. I will, too. And so, yeah, and so, I'm, I mean, I, it's, it's that point of the in the season, too, where, you know, everything counts. You know, you're, you're going to have to do good, too. But, I mean, it's too close to the year, like we said, to not being able to score goals. Exactly. Exactly. Let, let me see your uh, – let me hear your preview lineup for, for Friday. My preview lineup. Okay, so we're gonna go with Marcelino in goal, uh, Barbie Lud, Bruno uh, Aguilera, and I'm gonna go with Carlos Vargas at the left back. Um, Renato Ibarra at the right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go Diego Linus on the left again with um, Guido and Edson. At the CDMs, 
and then I'm gonna probably put everybody waiting behind Odie Pilato. So pretty much the same lineup really that we that we had against Monterrey, except you know, uh, instead of uh the silver we have Vargas. Okay. Okay. And though Mateo Soriva too, but he'd be on the bench as well. I'm actually I'm happy with your lineup. I'm I was I was gonna say that we're just basically gonna repeat the lineup from last week. Actually no, I take that back. Instead of Edson, I'll put um Mateus Ribe next to Quido. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll stick with that. Yeah. So then that's pretty yeah, much that makes more sense. I'm going with the same thing. And then that should be more than enough to get us a W against Puebla. I mean, but you know how things are gonna go. You know, everybody does their best against America and America somehow struggles still to to win do the their thing. Correct? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So I'm just how is it that we struggle to win the easy games and still struggle to win the hard games? I mean, it just it makes no sense to me. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you should you struggle you struggle to win the hard games, and you know it seems like America gets gets some praise. I'm like, oh, they put up a good game, they did this, and then like you go against the 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 teams that are supposed to be easily, and then you see them struggling. Like, oh, woes for America! You know, America's not playing good. I don't know, man. It's it's it happens. It but it can't today. happen no more. And Friday should be the no. I mean, it, of yeah, this I mean, it just can't happen no more. I mean, it, it's time to put to bed whatever mojo, whatever funk we're in, and just just be like, hey, you know, we're coming out and we're gonna do this. We need to somehow sacrifice a goat, and that should kind of get all that bad mojo juju, whatever, and we should be back to good. So, yeah. uh, before you leave the Statisteca on uh, when, when would they travel? I would imagine they would travel Thursday. I mean, Puebla's not even that far away from Mexico City, so I mean, I would imagine they could leave on Friday too yeah. from the bus. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really know how the travel things go, but still, sacrifice that go and get that three points in the Statisteca. Um, I mean, it, it's got to be that 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 simple. I mean, you know, maybe not the go part, but uh, actually going out there and winning. <laughs> You know, it's it, it's it's ridiculous that we have to, you know, kind of keep urging this side to do so. I mean, how 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 hard can it be to kind of cement that into the player's mind that, boys, you're running out of time. It's now or never. We have to cement our position in, in the Liga. And it starts with this Puebla match, you know, because, hey, guess what? Next week, the following week, we're closing the game. We're closing the season against Santos, who is second place, by the way, and who was in first place for a very long time. And that game is not going to be any easier than any other game we've played. No, I don't. I don't think they'll have the the Jenny either, will they? I think he's still out. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think so, so too. Yeah. Oh I'm man. Sorry. We'll we'll probably have Menace back, which is the good news. I've I've read a couple reports saying that it, the the Frenchman is expected to come back on Friday. He most likely will ride the bench though. Yeah, I, I don't. I. Can't really see him starting. I mean, if he starts, I mean, like he'll probably probably get out by the half. But but I mean, like I said, like we said, I, we don't really see him starting, and um, I really don't think he should because, like I said, it's been about a about a month since he's really played. So I mean, wow, a month already without Jeremy Menace. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like now with Cecilio Dominguez and Henry Martin missing out for approximately the same time? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean. Uh, um, even if they come back, they, they should be pretty close to Ligia. Maybe miss the first leg, come back to second leg. Wow, we're really gonna need our, all our players to step it up now. Worst case scenario is America loses this matchup. Do we start calling for heads? Do we start calling for Piojo's heads? Oh man, I mean, I don't know if you want to call for Piojo's head, but I mean, I think the panic button should be pushed a bunch of times because. I've seen this, and, and and our good friend Christian here brings it up that there's been a couple of people on Twitter, you know, that are already aiming themselves at you know Piojera's throat wherever Cristante found it. Um, you know, it's 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 true. You see this. There's a lot of fans out there that are already calling for Piojera to kind of walk away from this team if he does not get the result. If Piojera does not walk away this season as a champion, do we fire him? I mean, the last thing, you know, he only won one championship with America, and that was the Clausura. And all those other times, you know, he, he ran into semifinal losses. Um, and one final loss he, against Leon. And one final loss, yeah. 
I mean, person. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you see, you see what he does with, um, with the team we had in the Apertura too as well. I mean, I think you could say then that people were saying that, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't no depth. Yeah, um, you know, he still managed to make the league. You finished top three with the team that is. I mean, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that, you know, the way you exit the Ligia, the way you end up due to, I mean, you, you see what he Herrera can do, too, in his first set. You know, he, he works his magic, but, you know, it's just there's, there's a lot of more questionable calls and questionable stuff that he does around this time than he did, I guess you could say, in, this, in his first set. But, I mean... At the end of the day, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. So no. I feel like, nah. No, I would say no. Not for me, no. A lot of people are saying yes. A lot of people on Twitter are saying yes, and and I, I kind of want to talk to those. I kind of want to address to those people right now who are listening to this and would call for Pio Correa's head if he was not to win a championship this season. It's this simple. We cannot throw away a process for a bad campaign as much as we would want to let's be honest there's only a handful of people that would that that would make this team better than Pio Herrera uh, or, or as good as Pio Herrera's and let's be honest they're not available right now you know because let me tell you the truth if we get rid of Pio Herrera at the end of the season guess what guess who's gonna come it's gonna be uh Ruben Roman Romano yeah you don't want him to come back no. No, 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 you don't want a, you don't want that cycle. Believe me, if we get rid of Pio Herrera, he uh, we are not gonna get a suitable uh, uh, a suitable manager to take his place. It's not gonna be that simple. They're not out there. I don't think uh, Carlos Ancelotti is willing to come down to Mexico and, and and you know try his luck over here. You know, so it's just there's there's only a handful of, of coaches that that, that uh, could possibly come. Um, and I know a lot of people are worried, like, well, either way, he's going to leave to the Mexican national team. We don't know that. We don't know that the Mexican national team even is thinking of Pio Herrera. What if they're thinking of Carlos Ancelotti? You know? Mm-hmm. And Pio Herrera said it himself, his man, his mind, his goal is not to go to the Mexican national team right now. It's to full, it's to fully focus on America and it's to kind of ride and kind of be a, you know, champions, kind of be the Fergie of Club America in a sense. He wants to be here for a long time and he wants to win plenty and plenty of titles and look Pio Herrera is a player that has kind of this characteristic that he 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 has a tenacity to kind of get back what you know he lost you know in a sense if he if he does not win anything this season he's going to come at it even harder the next season because he wants that that's his character that's who he is and that's actually a good thing that's actually something that you want in a manager, you know, someone that kind of doesn't kind of just ride and said, okay, well, it wasn't my season. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a go again next season. No, you know, he's the type of player that type of manager that will be like, is what it was in my season. Okay. Well, next year it will be because I'm gonna make it my season. And that's kind of a good attitude to have going forward. You know, he, he knows how, how embarrassing Conca champions was because what next he wants to get to a final so he can go back into the Conca champions and write his wrongs. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we should be so early to to push that. Yes, let's get rid of Piojo Button because, you know, give me three names that will definitely come into the in, into this America side and you know make it even better than what Piojo Herrera could do. You know, there's not much players out there. You know, there's a worry that yeah he could go back to the to the national team, but I I, I don't think it's gonna be that easy for uh for him to go. And I I doubt the federation is gonna want him back so soon. Yeah, and you know, you know, the Federation Two is worried about the World Cup right now, and what JCO is going to do with the team too, and how far it takes the team. And you know, obviously, you know, there has been some spots. You know, that the Federation gave JCO an extension, but you know, JCO hasn't taken it because you know he's thinking about leaving too. He's not for sure yet. He's waiting for the outcome to see. Oh, how... he's leaving. He's even good. Yeah, he's... yeah. We have put him through so much stuff. The man can at least deliver something. And just walk away from this, because I mean, that, uh, I feel bad because I I've given him a hard time too, but you know, we're just ruthless sometimes. Yeah, I don't know, but he's he's still waiting to see how the outcome comes too, of what uh, how the World Cup ends too for Mexico. But you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, um, name name three player, name three managers who can really take over America, and you don't really name nobody. And so, I mean, like I said, too, I mean, you see what Piojo did with the team 
uh, in the offense due to you know with with not much depth. And you you know you see what the team did here too. You know it's just that you know you, you don't have those reinforcements too like you do in the striker position and left back position. And at the end of the day, you know Piojo's Piojo's that guy, and Piojo will always be that guy to me, no matter what. Yeah, look, like I said, this is a process. The process mm-hmm. takes time, you know. And along that time, you're supposed to win championships. Yes, you know, but you can't be so quick to kind of pull, uh, you know, pull the trigger. It's it's not that simple. You know, we want structure. Like I mentioned, I love that word it, it, when it comes to the sense of football. You, we want that structure, but guess what? And before there's structure, there has to be a foundation, you know. And Pio yeah. needs to be that foundation. He needs to be that person that builds the structure. You know, he's done that so well. He, I, I see a couple of these players being very cr- crucial in the Pio Herrera age that, that's to come, you know. And, and I think that in order to achieve this structure, we, we kind of have to make sure that we kind of keep this kind of movement going forward. As much as we will not like this ugly football, it will get better with time if we allow it to give it, if we allow to grow and we give it the time. You know, let's not be so, you know, kind of worrisome and, and get ready to get rid of him because, let's face it, there'll be a lot of America fans who are angry that we did not win anything. But, hey, that's just soccer sometimes. And we kind of have to, you know, pick ourselves up and keep going at it again. But we can't get rid of Piojo that easy. As much as sometimes we think he's very doubtful, he is the man to, to kind of lead us forward. And if we throw him away, then we're just making the same mistake we've made for so many years now. And that is interrupting the process of the managers that are to come. And there's been plenty of times where we could have had a very, very good run but we cut it short because of a bad season. Can't do that just yet. It's it's a bad season. Yes, I get that. But there's been very positive things to go on. And if we kind of get rid of Piojo at this point of the stage, then we can say goodbye to that process. And we can definitely say goodbye to that structure. Because guess what? The next manager, he may not even be so lucky to be here for a whole year if things don't go his way. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, obviously these, these positions need to be be addressed too, you know, with like the striker reinforcement of getting a true left back too, you know, those I feel like will definitely be a big change in the lineup too, and how Piojo structures the lineup too as well, and who he's going to field and who uh, will come off the bench if needed too as well. So I mean, at the end of the day too, man. I mean, things some things have improved. I mean, yeah, it sucks to see that it seems like it's going to be a repeat of Apatuda. I mean, that's how it's looking too so far. But you know, at the end of the day, things have improved and things have gotten gotten a little better. You know, just to, it just gotta take it take a day, season by season, day by day. It seems like. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. All right, let's wrap this up with prediction. Give me your prediction for uh for Friday. Uh, I'll go one nothing, America win. Wow, I'm going with the same result. One nothing, America win. It's not gonna be easy, and we're gonna come back next Tuesday. And we're gonna talk so much about this offense. So much. So that does it for that. Let's give just a quick little shout out to the women's team who are playing today against Tigres at the Volcan. Um, what uh, what do you think? I feel like they're gonna walk out with a two one win. Uh, I last time I checked the score, uh, Tigres has scored, so it's one nothing right now for Tigres, and I feel like uh, Cuevas will get her brace. Uh, Cuevas obviously the leading goal scorer in both the Apertura and Clausura, so. You know, she's definitely going to have an impact on the game. Come on, you ladies. I know you guys can bring that title back to the Estadio Azteca. That's going to look very nice in the trophy cabinet. So come on, girls. You guys can do it. And even a 1-0 loss, it's still manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still very manageable, too, as well. So make sure you guys go out there and support the ladies. Make sure you guys tweet hashtag. Um, what's a good hashtag to tweet for them? Uh... Aguilas Ingles uh, Femme. I don't know. I'm just going to go hashtag Aguilas Ladies. Ag- Lady there Aguila. There you go. There you go. So go support your love and, and tweet out hashtag Lady Aguilas. So I'm about to do that right now. And so you guys can kind of keep the trend going. But make sure you guys do support these girls because they, they're doing wonderful things. And, you know, they, they deserve just as much of a platform as we do. Uh, you know, we as in the men's, the men's, the men's team. So, you know, hashtag Lady Aguilas 
and uh, show your support for the women's team because uh, I, I have a feeling they're gonna make it. I have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna go out there and uh, they're gonna make history. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and they're gonna match Chivas too for one one title each a piece. And so, I mean, and then next next season, you know, probably bigger and better things too, which I'm hoping for. Definitely, definitely. Hopefully, one day we actually get to see uh, these teams get broadcasted live in uh, in the United States, which would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they do. So the game is growing, the podcast is growing, and uh, the women's final cannot be uh, Chivas America uh, Israel because uh, Dylan, do you want to do you want to tell them why? Chivas didn't make it. Chivas, Chivas did, did not, not make it into the playoffs. playoffs. Make it to the playoffs, which leads me on to one last question before we kind of wrap up this podcast. We're going a bit over the hour mark. Uh, tomorrow's obviously CCL. Uh, a lot of people, even at work, a lot of people have been asking me, are we going to go? Are we rooting for Chivas tomorrow? Or, you know, are, are we going to kind of, you know, support our rivals? What's uh, what's your answer in this one? No, I don't think so, man. I mean, no? I don't think we can support a rival. <laughs> No. And when they asked me this question, I was just sincere. Um, and I told them, look, my answer is completely. Hells no, we are not going to go for our rivals. I don't care if they are representing Mexico. I would rather take an L for Mexico than support our rivals, you know? So, no, it's, uh, it's, it's that simple. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they uh, doesn't come back to uh, bite in the ass. <laughs> but no, no, of course not. We're dead. Come on, you really gonna ask an, an Americanista by heart if he's gonna go for Chivas? In no way, in no situation have I ever gone for them. Even when they've gone into the to the Copa Libertadores what final, I think, or was it? I don't even know. But I was never and never will be on their side. <laughs> but I think that kind of wraps it up. Me and Dylan are both on that same boat as many as uh, a lot of you guys are as well. So without that. It's been episode 16. Thank you to everyone who has come out and supported us on the live chat. Thanks to everyone who has followed us. We are at that 200 follower mark. Remember, all you need to do to enter in this comp- into this contest is follow us on Twitter. And if you don't know where to follow us on Twitter, Dylan, where can they find us? At Eagle iPod on Twitter. That is right. At Eagle iPod. That is all together at Eagle iPod. Pod. Thank you again. Make sure you guys do follow us on Sound on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes because you guys can take us on the go. It's been very productive. It's been very fun. And as always, Dylan, thank you so much for coming out and making this podcast a reality. No, no problem, man. I mean, that's you too, man. It was really possible too. And thanks to all the fans for us too. Um, you know, we got the big contest coming up. So, you know, go follow us and maybe you'll be lucky and win. So that's right. For you guys who don't know, we are going to be giving away a uh, phone case, whether it be uh, iPhone, Android, whatever phone you may have. Heck, if you even if you still have one of those flip phones, we will find you a case. It doesn't matter. We will get you that case. I, I promise you. Okay, we'll we'll get you that case. And of course, as always, we'll be giving away a scarf. Thanks to all of you who have supported us, and we will keep this growing as a community, and most importantly, as a family of Americanistas. So, thank you again for following us. Thank you again for coming out, and thank you again to every single one of you guys who are listening. Until next time, it's been your boy Ivan and Dylan for the Eagle Eye Podcast, episode 16. Arriba la America, and until next time, take care, guys. Bye-bye.